This is Scott McNamara with What's New in Adaptive Physical Education. So today we're going to continue our conversation with some representatives from Region 10, a regional center within the state of Texas that helps support APE throughout the state of Texas. Um, But before I go on to reintroducing our panelists, I wanted to talk about a few other things that are going on in our world. So one thing is a few weeks ago, Myself and my mentor, Dr. Susanna Dillon, recently presented uh, a few topics related to APE to special administrators in the state of Texas. Um, The conference we went to is called Texas Council for Administrators of Special Ed, also TCASE. And CASE, the Council for Administrators of Special Ed, is a national conference. And I just wanted to kind of point that out because it's a really good place to try to communicate with your administrators as well as to be really updated on different pieces of administration and law uh, within your state. We specifically talked about assessment and transition and qualifications to APE teachers and why special administrators need to know that. And I have a link to that presentation on the blog. But I really, really enjoyed the conference. Um, I found that the special administrators were really wanted to know more about APE. And I think um, it's important for us to recognize that a lot of them may, you know, may not have learned about us in their uh, education or even a lot of times in their working experience. So, you know, it is on them to learn more about us, but it's also important for us to be able to reach out to give them that information as well. So, you know, um, take a look at our presentation, take a look at that, that um, that conference, because I think it's got a lot of good information. The other thing I wanted to briefly talk about is that the National Shape Conference is coming up in about two weeks in Nashville, Tennessee. And as always, this is a great conference for all of us to go to. Um, Obviously, they're you know, more focused on PE in general, but there's a lot of great stuff on APE as well. And, you know, it's going to be a really great time, and I really would advocate anybody going there uh, if you have the opportunity. It's a, it's a great conference. Um, I'm going to be doing a, a presentation on social media use and the use of social media within, uh, you know, our profession. How are we using it? What is the reason that we're using it? How many people are using it? So if you get a chance, come on by, talk to me, uh, and I can tell you more about our research. And, uh, you know, we can take in some of the the great stuff that's going to be going on at Shape in a few weeks. Now, transitioning back to this episode of the podcast. So for this episode, I talked to Amy Talbert, Randy Fortier, and Angela Campbell. Um, And taking off from last week, we're going to talk a little bit more about, go a little bit deeper on some of the tools that they've created, uh, assessment tools, uh, specifically um, their APE transition tools, their plans with the APE transition tools, how they've advocated for APE throughout the state of Texas, uh, where they see that going. And then they're going to talk a little bit more specifically about how to develop a Partners PE program since they've uh, developed a curriculum and Partners PE is somewhat specific to Texas and they've done a good job of advocating um, this reverse mainstream type of program throughout our state and it's been very successful. So with that, give it a listen and I'll check back with you at the very end. 
You also have some, like, uh, you have uh, ecological surveys and the transition stuff, which I think is also unique because we don't, ha- like, I mean, our field is it's 40 years old and still so young, you know, like, kind of. And I think what you have is probably, to me, would be the template I would suggest, you know, to anybody uh, with those transition pieces and the surveys, what are they like, you know? So, and anything on those as well. That's, you know, that one to me needs work. That hasn't been touched in a while. And again, it, it just comes down to how much you can take off your plate to put something new on it. But, you know, actually part of our data plan this year uh, was to really look at that piece of transition and and come up with a, a survey that we think is appropriate to send home to parents. And because we, we have some of those ecological surveys that were developed Gosh, I don't know. Years ago, we had committees that got together, and I mean, I know we did them bowling and jogging and mm-hmm. and golf, and we did a number of them that really haven't got the use that I think they need to. Unless now there could be people. I, I assume they're on our website. I don't even know for yeah. sure, but yeah. I assume people yeah. are yeah. probably pulling them off there and using them, probably using them more than we are. Uh, but that's an area that we have talked about internally the last year in terms of really wanting to make a push in that area uh, to reevaluate those tools and how we can best utilize them, how we can get APE people to use them. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, you know, obviously as an APE person, you can, you can be as passionate as you want. You know, you know, the job at region 10 is not for everybody. Yeah. You know, it's just not because your mind never shuts off. You're always, thinking out of the box you're always looking for the new thing that can help kids whereas there's a lot of APE teachers out there they just want to shut it down at three o'clock and go home and unfortunately do the the, the least that they can do or, or just work with the kids too maybe there is APE teachers that want more right you're, you're doing a more true, but I think we're looking at advocating for the kid for a lifetime yeah as opposed to not just what's good for this kid right now yeah. we're, we're you know i think our focus has always been how can we make sure that this kid graduates and can participate as independently as possible in as many recreational and sports related things to add quality of life i think that's where our perspective always has been is to look long term and how how, to, how can we get there because if we just if we just teach a kid to catch a ball you know, we work three years to tell, teach him how to bounce and catch a ball. To me, we're not doing our job. You know, it's we gotta we gotta think big picture. We gotta think quality of life. We gotta think because most of our kids, I you know, I, I look at it, most of our kids are gonna have more leisure time than any other population. I call it forced leisure, but it's it's leisure time. You know, it's not their choice, but they're not gonna hold down full time jobs. They're not gonna, you know, they're gonna have more leisure time to fill than the rest of us. And if, and it's our job to give them skills to to utilize that time as positively as they can. I think there's just a huge focus on transition right now in particular and um, that APE teachers can really use that to our benefit because we can use the surveys and we can get um, parent input and start providing programming that that feathers into that quality of life piece. As well as, and and Randy hit on this point, I think it's so important, transition. When I worked, I was in a high school setting um, most of the time. And, I mean, that's all we did was transition. And to me, most of our kids, recreation and leisure is part of the transition plan. It's like the most important part. And what I noticed that most of the time it was the one that that basically 
I mean, like, they didn't, sometimes they didn't even want to talk about it at IEP meetings. Correct. They wanted to just talk about post-secondary and vocational stuff. Right. right. And when you're, you know, I mean, I don't know, just to me that was always a little baffling. Now, there are some kids, you know, they're going to go work at Kroger and sure. whatever, and we need to focus on that. But AP can help out with that stuff, too. Exactly. Yes. But even rec and major, I mean, it's such a quality of life thing where it works. Now, you did mention that, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the transition piece that you said that you're kind of... Working on, and I, Amy and I even talked about, like, you all want to do a survey in the near future and all those things. Of, I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about, like, kind of your future endeavors on that piece, because well, I, I don't even, AP and transition seem to, for even though they seem logically to go together, in the real life scenario, there seems to be so little in our field on transition. It seems to be a major hole yeah, we're still kind of working on that. Uh, we're going to have a session on it at our conference coming up in October. Yeah. Um, and so we're kicking that around, kind of what we wanted to focus on today, what kind of paper we want to bring in to help with that. There are some agencies around here who are starting to catch on to that. Um, people, person-centered planning, person-centered planning, yes, is a, is a group that's kind of come on board that I guess they're for hire, so to speak, from parents as an advocate for rec leisure services and secondary things. And so we're just going to tap in that a little bit. So I don't have concrete answer for you yet. I think what we do know is we got to keep it fairly simple. We can't add a lot to the adapt P teacher's plate mm-hmm. because they already are overwhelmed most of the time in the district. But we feel it's important to provide tools, you know, simple as can be, to, to gather information, to move forward if they want to. Um, link up with the... Yeah, yeah. I, I, so we, we don't want it to be an overwhelming thing, but we 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 want to produce something that they can draw to their fingertips if they need it or want it kind of thing, because it's never something that we're going to force on APE teachers. They're going to have to have the passion to take that step forward and move past just instruction as we know it and, and look towards transition and, and their role in it. I think I don't think we I don't think that's necessarily a natural buy in yet to all our APE teachers out. Give them really tools that are simple and whatever we may be able to push the envelope a little bit. Let me um let's keep going and I got I have a question kind of maybe related to what we just ended with, but like it, it, do you also have tools that you could give Let's say an APE teacher wants to be more involved with the transition or wants to be more involved with everything, but then there's pushback on the other end, which is a far too common thing that we also hear. Do you have any tools or strategies that you, that, that not just like advice, but do you have things that are created for them to give to other professionals? I would say that the, the uh, Rec and Leisure, Leisure Survey, um, that when that becomes part of the FIE, that that's a way to provide the art committee with information that um, that parent input that says we we have this need we have this interest and we want to continue moving towards that and so it gives the art committee the the support they need to put in place goals and objectives to to move forward with the students. I think we have those tools there. It's just using them in a way that um, becomes more of a legal binding way through the art committee process. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think we use we use whatever. There's not a lot that we can push on administrators to 
to hire more, to, to, you know, to do those kinds of things. You know, one of the things that came along a couple of years ago was that the reemphasis of 504, where it talked about athletics and, and you can't discriminate on the base of handicap, handicapping conditions. Uh, and I love when that was rolled out because not only did it talk about specifics about you have to make accommodations for the blind kid and whatever, but it also, it, it also reestablished or reemphasized the point that if these kids cannot participate in regular extracurricular activities, you have to provide opportunities for them. So I think every one of those little tidbits that come down like that, we just, we just have to jump on it and, and, and push that to special ed directors and say, you know, this just came down, you know, so for those districts that are, don't want to start a special Olympic program, you know, uh, for those, those districts that don't want to provide transportation for this kid to go to kinetic games, you know, those are the things that, that we try to jump on and, and use, even though it, it wasn't law per se, it was a very specific emphasis of 504 and the meaning of it. And so I think those are the things that we look for that we can jump on and, and say, see, this is what the law says. This is this, you know, cause we can, we can talk about all day long about how important it is and our passion for it and how, what this can do for quality of life. But sometimes it just comes down to just tell me if I legally have to do it or not, you know? And, th- and so anything that, that comes across our desk that, that gives us a glim- glimmer of hope or, or push, those are the things that I would put in the, that all our people's hands that say, yeah, if you're fighting, try this. Definitely. You know? And I love that you're talking about those laws and, and that Dear Colleague letter, which has been just an incredible thing. And, you know, those Dear Colleague letters are re- literally written to be guidelines for the directors and principals and all those things to actually, like, that's, I mean, it's guidelines for them, but they're, and it's saying that you're not doing this right. right. Um, let, on that note, I got two more things I'd really like to ask y'all. And one of them is advocating. So you're avi- like in what you just talked about, like getting these resources to them. How, how are you all doing that? And how is that like what has been effective to advocate for AP at the state level? Well, I don't know that we've been very effective. I mean, we we start <laughs> we started this process. I, I mean, you could talk to Dr. Lisa, you know, about our attempts a long time ago to try to get the state to to uh, look at certification and to. Um, buy into that and to have that mandated that, that they had to provide a certified adaptive teachers. And we fought that for so many years uh, with, with TEA and the legislature and got nowhere with it. Um, so, you know, I don't know that we're, I mean, we advocate, I guess to me, we advocate through our passion, through the stuff that we, through our workshops, through our website, through all those things that, that, you know, give glimpses of things that can be done. And, and once the right person gets into those positions, those things can, those things happen. You know, if, if every district would find that right person who, who has that same passion that, that, that sees the benefit, the long-term benefit and that sees the benefit of, of this transition program and, and, and this extracurricular activity and partner PE and, and, and those kinds of things. I don't know that I can think of anything specifically a resource that, that, 
You think our conference is that we use? Yeah, well, I think we, and again, I think that's part of we advocate through our training, whether that's professional development, whether that's the the APE conference. you know, we have a chance to go and talk to APE supervisors now on a regular basis. Uh, in our region, they have supervisor meetings, and we're, in, we're invited to be a part of that. Uh, we can go in front of our special ed directors whenever we want. If we have something to share uh, and to put out there, request. our request, we can do that. So we have avenues within our own region to advocate for our kids. Um, but statewide, it's, it's, it's a little bit harder. Um, but I can tell that people are trying to do the right thing by the number of requests that that come in to travel and do workshops. So they're they're looking at least they're looking in the right place for information. And then once once we get there, you know, we can preach the gospel. You know, once we get in front of those constituents. My last major question, and you just mentioned the word, is partner PE. I know you all have a manual online as well. Partner PE is specific, I, I, the label specific to Texas. So if you could maybe describe par- partner PE in general and then like kind of what your manual helps, uh, you know, um, explain and all those things too. Well, I started, this was one of the first trainings I went to when I was hired at Region 10. I actually got to go to Phoenix, Phoenix, Arizona. I was one of the original, back then it was called People, part, uh, Project People. Uh, P-E-O-P-E-L. It stood for Physical Education Opportunities for Exceptional Learners. That was the first partner P there ever was. Uh, and it was, it was dynamic when I went out there and I saw it in action. It was pretty, it was pretty cool stuff. Uh, but theirs was, their training was an entire semester. I mean, they had a, they had a manual this thick, uh, both on training and they had a manual this thick on a, kind of a curriculum, but it was more of a kind of a secondary curriculum. It didn't really, there wasn't a lot of modifications in it, but that's where they started. So we actually, when I first came back, we act, it was actually called Project People for a number of years before we just went to partner PE. So the concept was started back out there by, I don't remember who started it, and we have since just, you know, we, 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 we always got the call saying, do you have a the partner PE manual. Do you have, a, or do you have a curriculum? Do you have a curriculum? And then the answer was, oh, no, no, we don't really have a curriculum. So I don't know how long ago it was. We finally decided that we had enough information among us, you know, with our our sections and how to modify basketball and how to modify all these things and what equipment we might use. And so we we actually spent a good amount of time um, writing the first version of, of the manual. Uh, we have since taken the training from that entire semester down to most people probably use a one-week training at the beginning of school now for their partners. Uh, some of them maybe still do a two. We have a one-week and a two-week prototype in the manual. But people couldn't give up an entire semester just to train, and that just didn't work for schools. So we tried to put in there all the, the nuts and bolts of starting a partner PE from the recruitment selection of partners to the, you know, how to, how to um, credit uh, to the, the prototype of, of, of training your partners. And then, the, you know, went in, then divided the, the actual curriculum into team sports, individual sports, um, recreational games and things like that. 
Uh, and that's probably still an, a work in progress. The last time we updated was, I think, a year or two ago. We we added a few more units that, you know, we added a bocce unit, which was probably wasn't in there in the beginning. It's become very popular kind of thing. So I, I see that as a, as a thing that will continue to be updated as we learn more about different sports that are good for our kids, as we, you know, as we learn different activities from partner PE teachers that are that are real popular and that seem to make an impact. So I, I see that every three or four years we'll probably have a, a revision of that just mm-hmm. to keep up with the times. But it's been it's been a very popular tool in our area and also we get a lot of requests obviously outside our region to buy it kind of thing. And uh you know, we we originally Originally, we wrote it. I I thought we were just going to give it away, but Region Ten didn't see it. <laughs> so, but we make very little money off of it. I mean, it pays for the printing of the document now, and, yeah. and not much more than that. So, it's not a big. It's it's certainly not a. It's not going to keep Region Ten float, but uh, it's a it's a nice resource. For, I'll put it on the <laughs> with the podcast. <laughs> what? Yeah. I'll put it with that, yeah. So. Yeah, well, we'll have uh, fifteen extra dollars to spend at the conference or something. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, so but it's it's been a, it's been a good thing. It's been yeah. it's been popular. It's, we've got a lot of good feedback on it. Um, but like I said, it, it, I see it as a work that needs to be updated every so often just to keep up with new things and yeah. things like that. Definitely, you all do a ton of stuff with just making sure that APE is still moving and growing. Um, so with that, I'm not going to take up. Uh, any more of your time, but I do want from each one of you real quick, you have a plethora of resources through Region 10. So if somebody is listening, I want each of you to give one resource that you would recommend to an APE teacher uh, to check out. So, Well, I think that uh, I think three years ago, we did a really nice job pulling together the community opportunities for our students with mm-hmm. disabilities, like kind of the transitional pieces, but also like summer camps and um, different sporting events and things like that that they can get into. And we do have that resource kind of compiled and listed on our website. And that's been very helpful. And a lot of it is statewide. There's some camps kind of across the state that people can look and do and different kind of extreme sport opportunities mm-hmm. that, you know, you don't see in the schools and um, different things like that. So I would recommend looking into that if a, if a parent is asking for some different opportunities for their, their child to get into for more activity. That take your good one? Oh no, I don't. I don't even know where. I don't even know how to answer that question. Really, one. You know, I guess. You know, I think our website is probably one of our best resources. I would. I would. But in particular, I mean, I think there is a list. Again, I I say I think. You know, uh, I can't. I can't keep up with. But I think there's a list of the workshops that are available. A description of them. You know, everything from evaluation to activity oriented to inclusion to you know motor activities for severe to. I mean, just. Whatever the needs are, partner PE, paraprofessional training. So if there's needs out there that, that anyone has, especially outside of this region that listens to the podcast, they can go there, not necessarily because we're looking for business, because Lord knows we have enough, but they might be, they might get some ideas about things that they can offer in their own area. Say, oh, we've never thought about maybe doing some, some work in this area or doing mm-hmm. some kind of professional development in this area and they could contact and we're we're always happy to share 
Uh, I mean, none of our, I mean, trainings are, you know, we keep under lock and key. If people want stuff from our professional training, you know, we'll, we'll send it. So I think that would probably be one of the things I would say is, is find out some of the things that we do from a professional development, look at them. And if those are things that they want to offer, you know, they can get in touch with us and we'll be happy to offer that information. Uh, or if, if they need someone to come out and do it, they can contact us and we can see how that works out. <laughs> And I would say the partner's PE manual, um, I think, especially for AP teachers in, in their districts, being able to have a resource, one, to develop a partner's PE program, but two, to pull um, small group games and lead-up skill games and things like that. I think it's it's probably the best thing out there to grab those activities that you can really use for students to be included at a higher level. Well, thank you so much for uh, coming on the podcast and meeting up and helping out with our undergrads as well. So with that, we'll say uh, a formal goodbye to the podcast listeners. So thank you. All right. My pleasure. Thanks for asking us. All right. Well, that was a really awesome uh, interview that I got to do with some great professionals doing some great things throughout the state of Texas uh, for the field of adapted physical education. So with that in mind, um, I just want to, you know, continue advocating for you all to try to, you know, see, do you have a region like this in your own state? Can you make one? What would it take to make one? You know, and I, I just, I stress the importance of, a, of professional development so much and useful professional development because, you know, in our field, sometimes it's lacking because it's hard for us to get professional development specifically crafted for us. And that's why going to things like your state conference um, or a state APE conference or especially the National SHAPE conference, which is coming up, are so vitally important. All right, with that, our next podcast should be taking place in a few weeks. We're going to talk to Monica Lepore, who is a professor at Westchester uh, University in Pennsylvania. And she's been on a sabbatical this last semester, traveling across the country, going to different APE uh, practicums and doing some really cool stuff within our field, kind of with this nice free time that she's had. And she's going to talk about some of those experiences. Uh, As well as next time we meet, I... I'm going to talk about a review on the Developmental and Adapted Physical Activity Assessment textbook. Uh, Human Kinetics uh, reached out to me and has sent me some textbooks, as well as we might be doing some additional podcasts with the authors of these textbooks. And uh, I'm looking at this as a new edition, looking at assessments, and so far looking through it quickly, it looks like a really great resource for us while we're trying to find all those different assessments to meet all the different needs that we have. So with that, I hope to see you at the SHAPE conference in a few weeks. And if I don't, we'll be back within a few short weeks as well. Take care. Thank you.